grateful. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are grateful. We bless your name this afternoon. Accept our worship. Accept our praise. Accept all of our offerings. Accept all of our thanksgiving, Lord, for, for these 27 years. Father, we bless you. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We worship you, Father, in the beauty of your holiness. We ascribe to you glory. We ascribe to you honor. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. Let us appreciate him this afternoon. 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 Father, we bless your name. We give you praise and glory. Blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus' Holy and anointed name we pray. Christ's tabernacle is unique. There are many churches. There are many ministries. But in God's own way, He just made us to be extremely unique. I read from Numbers 23, verse 9. The Bible says, From the rocky peak I see them. From the heights I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves as one of the nations. This is Christ's faith tabernacle. A people who live apart and do not consider themselves as one of the other nations. I wonder if uh, being unique is not our choice. It's just God's design. We are unique because of the leader God has given unto us. God made him to be unique. And everything was patterned after the uniqueness of this great man. I want us this morning to thank God. Because everything in life starts and ends on the leadership. If the man has not been who he is, the church will never be what he is. Therefore, this morning and uh, this afternoon, I want us to lift up our voices. Let's just thank God for the unique, uniqueness of this, of this church. God has separated us from everyone. God has dealt with us differently from everyone. Let's just lift up our voice this afternoon and begin to appreciate God. Let us thank Him for the uniqueness of Christ's faith tabernacle. Let us thank Him for separating us from others. Let's thank the Lord for what God has done. I want us to bless Him this afternoon. God has decided by Himself that we should be different, and He has made us to be different. We thank God for all that He has, he has made Christ's faith tabernacle to be. And as we enter into the 27 years, God will begin to unfold from this afternoon. His agenda and plan for us. His purpose for us. He'll begin to unfold it to us from this afternoon. In the name of Jesus. Let's thank him for what he has done. For the way he has the pattern he has made the church to be. The pattern he has made us to be. He has separated us from every other person. He has made us to have he has made us to follow after his pattern. We have not, we have not been permitted to go, to go astray. We have not been permitted to do things wrongly. God has been guiding us, has been tailoring us. He has been leading us and guiding us by his spirit all to this point. We want to appreciate the Lord this afternoon. We want to appreciate the Lord this afternoon for how far he has taken us. For how far he has taken us. And he's opening a new chapter today. He's opening a new chapter this week for Christ's faith tabernacle worldwide. He's opening a new chapter.
chapter this week, we want to thank God for what God has in store. We want to thank God for what God is about to begin. Again, in Christ's faith tabernacle, we give God the praise, we give God the glory, we give Him all the adoration this afternoon, in the name of Jesus. Father, we worship and we bless you. We give you praise, Lord, we give you glory. Blessed be your name, O Lord, in Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. This afternoon, I want us to pray. Before we came to London and we are praying for this convention, God said that in, in the 27 years of Christ's faith tabernacle, that it will begin to manifest His power. It will begin to manifest His glory. And when we came to church yesterday, our Father and the Lord began to say to us that um, the church is going to move from practical, I mean from theory, to practical, which is a confirmation of what God has said. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. God will speak through his prophet. God has spoken already. It is for us to pray that what God has declared will be made manifest. We want to pray for Christ with Tabernacle Global. We want to say, Lord, as your servant have pronounced it yesterday, that we are moving from theory to practical. That is, many things that God has placed within many people that are still in potent form will become, will become, will be released in this, in this season. And people will begin to manifest the power. We begin to manifest the glory. We begin to walk in every, everything that God has placed within them. God will begin to open up chambers in the, in the life of people. Things will begin to just flow. I want us to pray this morning, this afternoon, and say, Lord, we have, we have come to the 27th year of this great assembly. Father, it is a year of manifestation of your power. Let the power begin to manifest now. Shall we lift up our voices and pray in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. You have spoken to your servant yesterday that you are taking us from theory to practical. Father, you have said to us before yesterday that it shall be 27 years for Christ with Tabernacle shall be a year of manifestation of your power, of your glory. Father, we thank you. The list of us will manifest your glory. The list of us will manifest your power. We'll begin to operate in power. We'll begin to operate in signs and wonders. We'll begin what will make men to turn to Christ is when they see the power of God demonstrated. Father, we thank you, Lord, because you open up chambers. And Lord, the chambers of power, the chambers of your glory, manifestation of your power and your glory in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this 27th anniversary. Lord, that new thing already has begun. Father, we begin to walk in your power, operate in your power and your glory in the name of Jesus. We pray for every member of Christ's faith tabernacle globally. Father, Lord God, that all of them will enter into the new season, to the new things, Lord, that you have ordained and uh, that you have ordained for us as a church in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because your power will be made Manifest your power will be demonstrated amongst us as we go out day after day doing the normal things. Father, Lord, we will be separated by the manifestation of your power and your glory. In the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that the least of us will begin to operate in this great power of yours, in this great glory of yours, in the name of Jesus. Father, you take us from eye to eye. Father, we begin to turn the heart of men back onto Christ as we operate in your power. In the 
the name of Jesus. Father, we thank for the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit, for the power of the Holy Spirit, for the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of every member of Christ faith tabernacle. In the life of every member of Christ faith tabernacle. In the life of every member of Christ faith tabernacle. Father, we begin to walk in your power. We begin to walk in your purity. We begin to walk in your glory. We begin to walk in your love. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for a new beginning. We give you praise, O God. We give you glory. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. Amen. We continue to pray. When Apostle was ministering to us yesterday in the service, he said to us that we will move from theory to practical. And I want to read from the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible said said that when when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. The ordinary men, they are unschooled, they are everything the Bible said they were. But something marked them out. They have been with Jesus. And these men turned the whole world upside down by the manifestation of the power of God in their life. Amen. By the manifestation of the power of God in their life. If we go down to that Acts chapter 4, we go down to verse 30. After they have been dealt with by Pontius Pilate, they went to their company. And when they gave report of all the things that have been done to them, in verse 30, the Bible said, they pray and say, stretch out your hand. No, in verse 20, I said, now the Lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. To speak your word with great boldness. Stretch forth your hand, heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy Son, Jesus. Now we want to pray this afternoon. Want to pray that God will take out timidity from every member of Christ Faith Tabernacle. If there's anything we, we see in the life of Apostle Alfred T.B. Williams, is that he's a man with great boldness. Amen? This man said, Grant us the grace to speak your word with great boldness. Want to pray for Christ Faith Tabernacle as we go into the 27th anniversary that Lord will grant every member of CFT great boldness. That timidity, I mean, fear will leave them. People with God, if you want to see the power, if you want to see the practicality like our Father and the Lord said yesterday, it will be people with boldness. People that will be able to just to stand for Christ and, and speak. Be able to stand for Christ and demonstrate the power. They will be able to stand for Christ and say it's only Christ that can do these things. Until we get to that point, it's just a child's play. But we want to pray. He was telling us yesterday that it's just a flip. That as you flip from the realm of the natural into the spiritual happens like that. We want to pray that, Lord, this afternoon, let that switch take place. Let there be a shift in, in the life of every member of Christ's faith tabernacle. That the people that are timid before all of a sudden, they just discover that they enter into a boldness they cannot explain. And they begin to speak the word of God. They begin to manifest the glory of God. Shall I lift up our voice and begin to pray in the name of Jesus? We want to pray that there will be a shift right now. As, as there will be a shift this moment as we begin to pray in the life of every member of Christ's faith tabernacle. That they will, they will come out of fear. They will come out of timidity. That they will come out of, they will come out of shyness. That they will enter.
enter into boldness, they will enter, that they will be very courageous to declare the word of God. They will be very courageous to testify about our Lord Jesus. They will be very courageous to speak in the name of Jesus. They will be very courageous to declare in the name of Jesus. They are, they are, they are positioned in Christ. I want to pray for boldness. I want to pray for great boldness to come upon every member of Christ faith tabernacle. Great boldness so that they will be able to speak the word of God. They will be able to manifest the glory and the power of God in the name of Jesus. That God will grant great boldness to every member, every member in the name of Jesus. Being able to speak the word of God and manifest the power of God because of the boldness and the courage that is upon them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. In Jesus, only an anointed name we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we just um, welcome people around? I wanted, I wanted the pastors to be seated, and then I will fill the seats. In the, we will have gone too far. At the same time, we will close exactly as in our in our time timetable. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you so much. The eternal wisdom who came to the earth and manifested as an organization and who has given his spirit to direct and inspire and reveal his statutes that is written in the word. And we ask, O oh God, for insight to understand the mystery that have been hidden for ages but meant for understanding in this generation. So that we will be able to see the harvest exactly as is promised in your scriptures. And so our God and King, be thou exalted even as we ride with you along with the power of your spirits. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. The first scripture we're going to look at is Isaiah chapter 1. No, chapter 2, sorry. Isaiah chapter 2. Now, it says, this is the word, this is what Isaiah son of Amos says concerning Judah and Jerusalem. I think I will sit down. I want us to listen attentively. It says, In the last days, which we know last days is now, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Then verse 2, 3 says, Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his path. The Lord will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now, I want us to look at a few things in this message. 
The first thing is that he's talking about the church of God in the last days. We all agree on that. Somebody who is watching me somewhere in the world, if you have a problem with that, that is just a fact. He says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord, the Lord's temple. The church of God is referred to as the mountain of the Lord's temple. And he says, it will be established as chief among the mountains. And this, this statement is what makes us know that this is the church of Jesus Christ. And he says, it will be raised above the hills, and then all nations will stream to it. And this was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when all nations gathered in Jerusalem, and they spread the news from Jerusalem. Now, verse 3 now talks about the purpose and the function. It says many peoples, plural, or nations, will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, that is the church of God, to the house of the God of Jacob. Now the next line now tells us what is the purpose. What is, what is the, what, why should people go to church? And what can bring people into the church? It says, because he will teach us his ways. So a church exists to teach the people the ways of the Lord. That's it. So where a minister says, I am sent by God to preach faith, I believe that that minister got a wrong information. Or a minister says, I'm called by God to preach prosperity. I think that minister got a wrong information. Because the whole scripture is God's breath. Why we may have an understanding in a particular arm, more understanding in a particular arm of the, the gospel, that should not be the only thing we teach because anybody who eats a particular food again and again without other food will not have balanced diet. He will die of deficiency or something. And that is one of the principal reasons why we have a lot of people on earth today who go to church, but they are not Christians. Really, the word Christian was first mentioned in the members of Christ in the church of Antioch. Christian is a person who had accepted Jesus and had been discipled. That is what a Christian is. A Christian is not somebody who goes to church. The word Christian is, they said, these people are Christ-like That is, they behave like Jesus, they talk like Jesus, they operate like Jesus. And I will say this to you all, as far as the gospel is concerned, we are custodians of the world. What happened in the world cannot define the scripture. The scripture defines the world. But we have a lot of people today, therefore, who go to church, but they are not Christians. I will together now. Because to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. But how could they be Christians? It is, the first stage of it is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Matthew 28, verse 19. All powers in heaven and earth have been given unto me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have taught you. So the beginning of Christianity is somebody accepting Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But then Christianity does not stop there. It goes to another set of people mentoring that person, not teaching them prosperity, not teaching them faith, not teaching them uh, 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 holiness or, or, or you know, um, you know, rules and regulations all their life, but teaching them the whole scriptures. And Hebrew 4 tells us that we'll look, go into those ones in detail when we get in there this week. So, God's people must be taught about everything about Jesus. Everything Jesus taught, beginning from salvation to godliness to holiness to faith in the Lord to, you know, obeying God which brings prosperity to healing to casting out devils. Everything that Jesus taught must be taught in every single church. And it is that that makes a Christian. So where, if you are a minister and you are not conscious of this, you will be involved in certain many programs that does not uh, address your legitimate aim. I will call this the legitimate aim of the church. Is He will teach us the ways His ways so that we may walk in His path. So the legitimate aim of a minister is to teach God's people the ways of God which will enable them to walk in His path. Let me give you a refresh your mind again. In Christ the Tabernacle, how have we interpreted that in application? We have Sunday services. Every pastor of Christ the Tabernacle must not teach without this legitimate aim. Which means that in a year, you must have taught the church all doctrines. Faith, from salvation to faith, to, you know, working in obedience, godliness, the power of the Spirit, and all stuff like that. That is your legitimate aim. Teachings that we make people walk in the way, not regulations for people where they cannot attain the way but teachings that they may walk in the way. Now, how do we get it? We have Sunday services. All our Sunday services must be structured towards a legitimate aim. And you cannot teach just one thing the whole year. That is no church. One thing that we also started is that we converted our midweek service to Bible school. If you do your midweek on Tuesday or Wednesday, what must happen in those places is that you will look at the Bible chapter by chapter, book by book, and teach the people. Don't preach on your midweek. It is a place to teach. I want to say that we always hear from Pastor Qatar from India, every Bible school, he gathers his members and they connect live. And the people of Berlin as well, we always hear from them every week. Really, they will even connect on live on Wednesday, uh, on Tuesday in the cathedral, and on Wednesday over there. And what we look at that, you look at book, the book, book, each book of the Bible, and you read verse by verse in each chapter, and then apply those chapters to existing life now. 
you teach them about what does the story means, then you teach them about how it applies. And I think uh, Ireland too, yeah, <laughs> Ireland too. I don't know whether Lagos is doing that. If you are not, you start doing that. But in every parish, what you must turn your midweek to is that this is what gives Apostle William success. And this is in line with the scripture. While on our Wednesday, on our Friday, we have intercessors meeting, which is a prayer meeting, and on Wednesday you can preach. But if it's a prayer meeting, if anybody will preach, you must preach in line with prayer. Maybe what is prayer, maybe faith, maybe godliness, something that will make prayer answered. But also we know that in this church, we are based on discipling people. And how do we disciple them? Discipling means teach them theory and allow them to do practice. So therefore, in our services, like the Bible study, when everybody has been told that we are looking at Isaiah chapter 1 to chapter 4 next week, when we come into that Bible study, we let the people tell us what they learned first. And that does not exclude children. Really, we have some kids, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, who they will bring out their notes among the adults and they start to read what they learned. And that has caused many adults to run. Because we haven't taught them. They are just discussing what they read and what they learned. Then before the one who will teach, we now teach them on read through the scriptures and give them points in the scriptures, the story of that scripture and how that applies to your daily living. So that is teaching them. But then the practical which is allowing them, when they read and they speak what they learn, a person who can hear God is already discipled. And we have proved it in this church that there is no young age in discipleship. Because children of 10, 12, they speak sense. Second thing that is, is in, important for discipleship too is, haven't you learned something for a while? You reflect their mind back to come and tell you what they learned. And we have seen it in our Bible study where both young and old, in treating the book of Isaiah maybe, they start referencing to Nehemiah, which they have done, and start referencing to Ezekiah, and start referencing to, you know, uh, other books, you know, and kings and personalities. And what that tells you is that that person is very, 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 very matured. Give that person the pulpit, you will be marveled. Because in Malachi, they can reference Jeremiah, they can reference Ezekiel, and they can go to the New Testament, which they have done months before. Second thing is, we allow members of the church to lead prayers without telling them what prayer to should lead. That makes the member of the church to read the Bible because you cannot lead a prayer in Christ with tabernacle without a Bible verse. And the way a shepherd must operate is that you must make sure a particular set of people are not just the ones you are using 
you must use other people so that as you train those who are fully matured, you want to train those who are yet to reach that height. So it's not a program for an assistant pastor to be doing, assistant pastor, or for elders or for, for deacons, unless if you recognize that maybe that elder is not pulling his weight, you put him back there. Come and display yourself. All right? And of course, too, in every meeting, when you have five people leading prayer, some leaders are among them, and others that you are, you are training, so that you can see how they develop. All the leaders develop like that. And when new people come to church, you take them to the same procedure. So that on, way, on Friday meeting, what I always say is that anybody going to the pulpit, just give us a prayer point, and you leave the place. Now, let me give you the advantage of each person praying only one prayer point. One man can only think in a particular way. And others will think in other ways that will complement the way that you have taught. So when we have about six people coming to lead prayer, each person will pray one impressive prayer. Then we can spread, we can have it spread in our intercession. I will together now. So, therefore, the pattern that we have in church, CFT, if any local parish follows it, you, you the resident pastor, you will sleep and rest while the church is running. And these are raised all of you from scratch. If you are not careful, you will concentrate on people you think they have come up. Whereas there are people today who just came to the church, but in five years' time, God will use them in a higher dimension than people who have been with you for 20 years. Without prejudice, a shepherd must shepherd the flock. Now, I understand the fact that in shepherding the people, you have various kind of people who treat, treat that shortly. Because some people, when you give them pulpits, they become the general overseer. They are the one who will be telling the pastor now, or they begin to pray rebellious prayers. Are we together? If somebody got to the pulpit, I, whatever level the person is, if he leads a prayer out of contention, you must call that person and tell that person personally, that prayer is not right because of X, Y, Z. Don't act without telling them why you are acting so. All right? And then you will tell him, because of that, I'm going to step you down for a while. And then you begin to use other people. But you must let that person know why. He argues, he doesn't argue, it's his business. You are the one in charge. Okay? So that, so that <clears throat> you will not allow people who are contentious because they will pollute innocent ignorance. When I deal with crisis and crisis management in church, I think that will be on Thursday. We will go deeper into this. But what am I saying to you? I'm just helping us to understand what the church really is. The church of God is. What is the legitimate aim of the church of God? And how should the mind of a minister reason? One of the, one of the things that we do in Christ with Tabernacle is that every day we come to pray in church. We will deal with that later on. People come for one hour to pray. 
really in London church here, I will tell you this, and I will say that for the minister's wives to know this. That is, if you are not the resident pastor, what I've said before now is for resident pastor, either male or female. But the wives of ministers who are the resident pastor know this. Most of the, I started the six o'clock prayer or one hour prayer every day. But then after some time, mommy just came and said that, look, I want to start something. It's called um, Shiloh Pillars. I said, what is it about Shiloh Pillars? He said she was teaching the women on, you know, of course, this women character stuff. And she saw these women who, who were people who took care of the church temple. They are committed to prayer. So she now set up Shiloh Pillars. And the Shiloh Pillars meet on in New Cross Wednesday, Friday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 to 11. I have no business with it. I don't know how God led her, and I don't know how they do it. But when she came to me and I asked her a short while, what are you people doing in the Shiloh Pillars? She said, oh, they also start reading the Bible from Genesis chapter 1. And they read chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Then they pray. They spend 30 minutes studying the Bible, and they spend 30 minutes praying. I said, oh, that is good. Well, I have said, why should you study again? You cannot overstudy Bible. And when we looked at, I looked at the curriculum that she's taking them through the Bible school in the midweek. That curriculum is different from the Shiloh Pillars. Because the Shiloh Pillars are going from Genesis. The Bible of the midweek, God tells mommy what to go. But when I looked at the way she has taken the church, I saw that God first dealt with minor prophets and he took into major prophets. No theology in the Bible school because theology will not help. It is what does the book of Isaiah say? Who is Isaiah? Who is his father? Well, historical. Under what condition did Isaiah exist? Okay, now we can now see that in his writing. Okay, when we look at the book of the life of Ezekiah. Oh, he mentioned Ezekiah. So, the king Ezekiah lived at the time of Isaiah. So, when Isaiah spoke from chapter 37 onwards about Ezekiah, this is the situation of Ezekiah. No wonder this is what the prophet was saying. So that people know the Bible. But the children pillars start reading from Genesis. Now, if you look at it, let me say this to you. When those meetings started, did the whole church come? No. Do they have to come? No. <coughs> the one in the morning that they do is for people who are free in the morning. Because many people go to work in the morning, but some do overnight work. Who cannot come to the Bible study of evening in the midweek? How do we include those people in the knowledge of the learning? And that was, solution was Shiloh Pillars. So, people come from their night shift in their nursing gown to Shiloh Pillars. Now, our job is to create templates for the legitimate aim of the church as written in Isaiah 2. To be fulfilled, verse 3. 
Okay? But then, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring in those that He wants to use for those things. My last European presbytery, the Lord told me to ask from pastors, who builds the church, by the way? You know, when I ask you who, whose responsibility is for the church to be built, people have various answers. But Jesus says, I will build my church. And the gates of it. So I told them, the Lord Jesus told me to tell you, why are you giving yourself a headache? Don't concern yourself with the duty of another person. That is confusion in governance. The duty of Jesus is to bring, build the church. And I, we will deal with that this week. So whether your church grows numerically or it doesn't grow numerically, it's not your business. Your business is feed the sheep. Do everything in your power to feed. And you don't feed the sheep to your convenience. It must cost you. You don't do church service because it's convenient for you. No. You must walk to die. You want God to bless you? That is the only way. If you don't, God will never, God told me and I told them, God will never give you responsibility that you are not capable of. How you can show your capability is by selflessly serving. And the Lord said, tell, tell them, He is the one who built this church. Who adds to the church daily? The Lord added to the church daily, not the pastor. Not the pastor. If you are not careful, your, your mind crazy about, oh, large church, large church, large church, will send you into introducing idol into the hands of the people. But let me say something to you. If you take one man and transform him, that one man can reach millions. Jesus Christ did not have more than 12 when his job began. But when miracles spread, he had crowd coming. The Bible says that when he saw the crowd, he has compassion. So to the crowd, he talks in parable. You know, when we went to Israel last year, we went to the Mount of, uh, the Mount of uh, Transfiguration. We went to the Mount, uh, 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 the Beatitudes. Really, we broke bread in the, in the garden, of, the mountain of Beatitudes, when Jesus was teaching them and telling the disciples the secret of it. But if you look at Jesus, <clears throat> will call his twelve, and he will tell them the secret. So it was the twelve he focused on to make like himself. It was the twelve that became 100% Jesus. Not by teaching them faith or prosperity, but teaching them everything to observe all I have taught you. And you understand Jesus Christ? Every one of us who are shepherds, ministers, must always evaluate ourselves to the standard of Jesus. Whether you are shepherding the church as Jesus did. Can you see a Jesus who says, I'm tired to go to prayer meeting? Can you see a Jesus Christ who woke up and said that I was sleepless all night so I cannot meet with the church? He will carry that body to prayer meeting if the body would die on the way. He should better die. Can you see a Jesus who sits at home when other people are having fellowship in church? Don't you know that Jesus is by you when you are at home and others are in church? He's sitting with you. With pity looking at you. When others are doing Bible study, when others are praying in church, and you who is supposed to be the one leading them by example, you are doing something else. He's looking at it's by you with compassion. The compassion is that in the days you ask for you ask him for help, he can't help you because you didn't help him. 
You struggle, 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 struggle. Nothing happens. Frustrated. It is the deception of Satan. Second Corinthians 11, 3. We'll look at that later on. The Lord told me, look. What we are looking at, the church of the living God. Let me read this to you. This morning, the Lord told me this. The psalm we used to read, Psalm 145. Look at what it says. Verse 18. These are rules of God. The Lord is near to who? And to who? The Lord said, listen to me. There are my children who don't call on me. In the days of tragedy, I'm far from them. I can't help them. Because for me to be near, a man must call on me regularly and call on me in truth. You know what I began to pray? Lord, give me a heart to be truthful to you. Second thing he told me, look at verse 19. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. The Lord said, tell my people, you want me to fulfill your desire? Show me how much you fear me now. Show me how much you fear me. Because God cannot break his word. If you don't fear him, he cannot fulfill your desire. You can't tell God you fear him when you go late to services which you called. And God is there before you arrive. You can't say you fear God when God gives instruction to the church through you. And you are the one who will break that instruction. Can you explain that kind of fear? You can't say you fear God when the church has decided a particular way of meeting, of program, and you are not there. You know, this one I'm not in any way talking about. There are some of us, let me tell you this, who are not able to be in meeting because some of us are statement makers. We call them tent makers. We have work under a government, under a company that we report to for our livelihood, but at the same time we are shepherd. Okay? Understand the principle of this word is who call me in truth. That is the beginning. So, if I was a CEO or a director of a company or even an administrator in Sainsbury's, and a meeting like this, I can't come because Sainsbury didn't allow me. God knows I'm truthful. He knows I'm truthful. But if I'm able to take a break, which they could have given me, but because of the excess money they would pay me, I decided to take that job. God knows I'm untruthful. I can't give that wage because of God who provided the life and the job. God knows I'm untruthful. So, when you give excuses concerning the things of God, understand God is near only to those who call Him in truth. So it means, when a man is truthful to God, you draw God near you. When a man truly fears God, okay, 
He will fulfill your desires. It is your fear that brings the fulfillment. This really now, not God himself. Because God wants to bless everybody, but he cannot. He said the principle that for you to be blessed, your desire for me will draw the blessing. For you to have fulfillment of covenant, yeah, your obedience will bring the fulfillment. Then Deuteronomy 28, if you fully obey me, not partially obey me, church, none of us should accept pacifier anymore after this conference. Leave this conference and become somebody different. Every day, some of us say, I don't have enough, I don't have enough. Why should you not have enough? Consider your ways. Pastor Qatar was sharing with me some testimonies. I have said I won't say his testimony. I want him to share it on Friday. About one of a mad person who was healed. And that very man himself. Another, another guy who was pastoring the church. In our, one of our churches in Himalayas and the rest of them. You see, God said to me, tell them. For me to fulfill your desire, it is you who decide it. You determine it. If you don't fear me, the degree of how much you fear me determines how much of your desire I can fulfill. It attracts it. It is ratio. I would get it now. Then he said, also in that verse 19, he hears their cry and saves them because they fear God. He hears their cry. He saves them. Then verse 20 says, The Lord watches over all who love Him. But all the wicked, He will destroy. You want? <laughs> the Lord watches over all who fear Him. <laughs> you want God to watch over you. Is how much you fear Him. You know, he watches over the whole world. Even people who are not Christians, sometimes tragedy will come, God will just destroy it. Not because they are Christians. But if you want, you know, let, I will ask Pastor uh, Kata to let me just say this. One of the testimonies he gave me, one of our pastors was in a party. I won't say everything, but he will come and tell you. And a madman entered the party. I mean, when I say mad, you will know that he's mad now. He entered the party and he was making all sort of noise. And two pastors got up. Oh, you know these pastors who want to show that we have power. He get me now. But they have no fellowship with God. And he went and rebuked the madman in the name of Jesus. And the madman said, You and you, I know you. I know what you do. So the madman is not preaching to everybody. The demon inside the madman. You and you, ah, I know who you are and I know what you do. So while the madman was now charging against them, our pastor got up and stood between the, the madman and, and, and those pastors. And the was a, a holy man of God. In the public. Jesus, you know. You read the Bible, but it happened in CFC. 
He said, oh, holy man of God. And then he now started to negotiate with our member. But please, this is my body. Don't send me away from here. Allow me for a time. And that man said, I give you two minutes. Okay? Two minutes. Rebuke in the name of Jesus. The whole place turned in front of him. He will tell you the rest of the story. I told him, this is Christ's faith tabernacle. He's a new member. New convert. He will tell us how many years that person has been converted. <laughs> Listen to me, therefore. For God to watch over you, it depends on how much you fear Him. Okay. What are we talking about? The church of the living God. So the first part we covered here is the fact that for the church of the living God, we have a legitimate aim. Our aim given to us is the law shall proceed from the church. People will be drawn to the church because the church is teaching them the way of the Lord that they may walk in His ways. Not in regulations and rules. Which means that the discipleship of people is every meeting that you hold. Teaching them and creating an atmosphere for them to perform that which you teach them. Of course, I didn't tell you also that in CFT every Friday, people gather to pray, intercede, Naivigi, and then every Saturday, people go to the streets. And I gave you a simple format to divide the church into four, so that a group handles a week. Okay? So that every weekend, a group is going out. The reason is because we are spread being, we also have social life. And we don't want a church whereby people church, 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 church. They don't have time in their own home to do church. We don't want that. Pentecostal churches have been involved in that. So much activities that there is no family life. The children will grow up, they cannot do what the parents are doing. They have different opinions. Because there was no church in the home. Are we getting it now? The, the children may come to church, but when you are at home and you are doing church and they are teaching you what they learned, you know the one who really is, is into what you are doing. And the one who is just coming for excitement. It is the word of God that transforms, not the preaching of a man. Therefore, I go to the second part of the church. The first one is the legitimate aim of the church. Isaiah chapter 2, from verse 1 to 3. The second part of the church is the definition of the church. What is the church? I will introduce this and we will carry on in our next lecture. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. It says, If I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Let me say this to you. We have various definitions for church. Okay? As well as we have various definitions for 
salvation, <laughs> those who are born again. We have various definitions for those who are discipled. We have various definitions even for offices now. Apostle, prophet, teacher. There are some people now who have introduced apostle in marketplace. I didn't read that in the Bible. And I'm still looking for where they got it from. Uh-huh. And that has made some businessmen to come to me and say, I'm an apostle in the marketplace. I say, which market? Which market are you apostle? Did you read in the Bible that the Lord called the apostle and sent them to the marketplace to go and make money? Whoever told you that deceived you forever. And I believe that doctrine can only come from Lucifer. To make people feel that they are doing something where they are doing nothing. The Bible has evidences of what I'm telling you. I would mean now. The office of a pastor, you cannot use it unless you are called by God to it. Because you are going to the streets and talking to people as an evangelist, you can't call yourself a pastor. You are not. The office of an evangelist is an office and it comes with function. The office of a prophet is distinct. A teacher of the word is distinct and an apostle is distinct. We'll look at that in the week. You know, one of the things that Pentecostal people have created for themselves, many idols, because many leaders cannot pay the price to seek the face of God. So, from intelligence, they created atmosphere to make people feel they should be honored, you know, because of some revelation they claim to have. Alright, without potency. And also they have sold to people some comforts that look like a replica of what the Bible is saying. To waste their life on earth. So they have all these titles. Apostle in the marketplace. Uh, pastor in the, in the wilderness. They will soon have evangelists at Blue Waters. Whatever the case may be. But let me say this to you. We stand... Not to accept anything that Jesus didn't say. And the apostles did not say. We stand in the generation not to accept anything to pacify us. If God sent me, where is the God who sent me? The people he sent before me, they saw him. What is wrong with my eyes? They heard him. What is wrong with my ears? They operated like him. What is wrong with me? The Bible says to us, in the book of Hebrew, let me, let me read that to you. That's where we stop tonight today. Hebrew chapter 13, verse 7. Look at what it says. Hebrew 13, 7. It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. And that is leaders, pastor, evangelists, prophet, teachers. Consider the outcome of, the way of their way of life. That is our behavior, our manifestation, our character. And then imitate their faith. That is the manifestation. How can you say you are a Christian leader? You don't have manifestation right among the people that you are leading. How can they put their trust in you? What are you teaching them to become? They cannot become like Jesus that they did not see. If they cannot become like the pastor that they can see. The Bible says... We will teach them as men who will give accounts. And then he says that they should imitate our way of life and then our faith. That's the reason why you can't call a meeting and you are not there. You are not doing any job. You can't. You can't tell them to cast out devil when you cast nothing out. 
You can't tell them to heal the sick when you are healing nobody. You can't tell them to hear God when you don't hear nothing. You can't be the same level with your members, hearing in your mind. Are these things gifts? No. But if they are gifts, are you excluded? So then pay the price. It is paying the price that brings the manifestation. You, let me say this to you. Our office should be seen rather than spoken of. We are stopping here. When we come back, we will take over from where I stopped. I said your office should be seen for the sign, not by introduction. Your manifestation should go ahead of you to define who you really are. So we put our hands together for the Lord. We are going to pray now. Let's stand up together. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege you have given to us to learn from your faith. We turn to you empty that we may know knowledge. Knowledge that will form us. Knowledge that will change us. Knowledge that will change your church and bring all of us to the place that we ought to be from wherever we have been before this week. Thank you, Father, for all things in Jesus' holy name. Please be seated. Pastor Fumi, can you come and give us instruction on what next? Thank you. Praise God. Uh, we've got a break for an hour, 1.30 to 2.30. We're going to have some finger food, so I'd invite us all to, so I'd invite us all to, so I'd invite us all to.